0: hello everyone good evening and welcome A warm welcome to all of us
1: uh, we will now start with the with the testimonies who would like to go first
0: uh, brother savio i'd like to um give uh, glory and praise thanksgiving to our, our god is his presence and i'd like to Thank every day, and every every day, every night. The d- night is just like the day to him. Just his presence all the time, and um, also in our, my prayers for, uh, is listening and answering all our prayers that keep the peace and the and the joy that we always um, share. Again, with every every day. When we wake up, is breath. Every time we wake up, I like to think there is uh, breath of life upon us and all the families, and just in silence, the, the gift of prayer. We can always uh, um um uh, give our requests and petitions to him, and to all the also to our uh, families and friends. Every member and the Holy Spirit prayer group is putting you know, his grace and mercy and his uh, peace and the blood of Jesus upon this holy group and just the, just the great um, gift of uh, just learning the scriptures all the time and just uh, always opens up uh, new berries there's little things that uh, insights and stuff that uh, I always kind of uh, learn. Just, uh, uh, just the his fresh wisdom and it's, it's it's always um, very uplifting. Just the just the power of the Holy Spirit amongst us. I like to I like to thank the Lord for every gift. He's really working and through all the and through all the hard times doesn't mean that we we're just like other people. We are just as vulnerable. We go through our sufferings and stuff like that I like to thank the Lord for taking away the brunt of all all those burdens that we go through and I believe that um he takes away most of those pressures because every time when we pray to him in Jesus' name um, my prayers always I've Know that they're always a- being answered, and I just uh, I joy that I uh, it's a testimony to the others here sharing throughout our journeys. And I thank the Lord for everything. I thank you, I thank this Holy Spirit prayer group is such a help for um, understanding the scriptures and just uh, just opening the book every now and then just to just look through the scriptures and yeah, just give us a just livens up our spirits and just give us gives us insight and wisdom all the time. Thank you. Thank you everyone and thank you the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is always working in the, in my life that he calls me all the time. Amen. Thank you, Brother.
2: Brother Savior, could I just yes. share the couple of um, scriptures that were given by the Holy Spirit during praise and worship, and I didn't read them out because I didn't see them. Yes, one was from Sister Janella, Revelation three verse twenty. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Amen. Amen. The next one is from Sister Jane. Um, I think I may have written that, but for the benefit of those on YouTube, Haggai 2 verse 5, my spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt, so do not be afraid. The next one is from Sister Jane, uh, and it's Revelation 21 5, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And for the benefit of those who have just joined us, um, Sister Kathy had um, a revelation from the Lord, my dear children, I, your Lord, am with you, all surrounding you, all in my glory. Come into my glory and let me love you. I'm going to say that again come into my glory. And let me love you. Let me love you and then love me in my love in return. Let me fill you with my peace, a peace this world cannot give, the peace of my spirit. Then let my Holy Spirit overwhelm you with his joy. This joy is eternity. Thank you, Brother Savio.
0: Thank you, Sister. anyone else would like to give uh, their testimony
2: Brother Savio? how it's making yes. yes. to give my testimony yes, Because so so many beautiful things happen. Um, And, you know, it's lovely when the Lord captures you and he says, come and be still with me. And a few times he said that to me during the week, because come, get away from what you're doing and come and spend time with me because I'm going to teach you something. And he did. And he says, I want you to open, you know, the scriptures. And it's just amazing, isn't it, what the Holy Spirit reveals to us when, when we listen to his voice. We come and be still and he knows that he's got our attention. And then he starts to teach us, he starts to to speak to us, as you know. Yes. You know, the downloads that he gives you. So I like to praise and thank the Lord for the powerful scriptures that that you have given us this week and Brother Russell through the through the teaching and the reflections. And they're always meant for us. You know, we're we're meant to to learn and hear and listen to them for a particular reason um, because normally they're there for, for our education and uplifting, but also he wants us to learn something to share with others. So I give praise and thanks to the Lord just for our the very breath, the food we have for the people in our life, for the prayer group, all the people we pray for, Lord. And thank you for your, your mighty, powerful and living word that you give us each day thank you brother savio and thank the holy spirit for the wonderful anointing he's given you tonight amen
0: thank you sister you. Good. who else would like to give their testimony? Uh, Brother Silvia, uh, yes, this is only I... again. Yes, sir. Uh, this is um one of the I forgot which to... uh, is our some of our the distant loved ones who do, uh, we had um, not only from mom uh, my uh, members of the family, but um like say my my wife's, uh her side of the family, the sisters, and that haven't been. We haven't heard from her, and my, even my daughter. For you know, I've been mentioning about for years, three years, some t- like five years. We haven't heard from. They have been, uh, like, really talking or communicating that much. The, the they were parted. You know, like, not on very good terms. So um, but I, uh, I. Recently, these last, I think, about a four month I've been, or maybe less than that, about two weeks, I've been uh, just saying, uh, one of the Ezekiel uh, 37.9, you know, Ben said he unto me, you know, prophesy, uh, prophesy unto the wind, um, say to the wind, son of man, Thus saith the Lord God, come from come from the four winds of breath and breathe upon the slain that they may live. And somehow uh, my daughter over New Zealand and stuff like that, they've been on, like say, I uh, say, like drug problems stuff like that. And with they've been reparted from you know not very good grounds, but uh they've been this... uh. About late in the middle of late, uh, last year and through this year, they've been kind of uh, getting in contact with us through the social media and stuff like that, uh, uh, much more now. So, um, I'd like to thank the Lord and the angels and the you know, ministering spirits, you know, that are looking after them and, and uh, like getting back to us so we can hear from them. Their voices and also uh, my ears. Um, has been uh, they've been getting in contact with them and they and they're going to meet this weekend, you know, to have a talk and stuff like that. So the Lord, I like to thank the Lord and His angels and holy angels and archangels and ministering spirit saints, just both in the physical realm and spiritual realm, are always working and hearing us in this, and the Word of God is alive and active just goes through all kinds of barriers, more than what we can imagine, these are what happening. So i like to thank the Lord in the things that we, um and uh, just the power of our tongue, just to be much more alert in what we say, that um, even though they haven't been speaking to us, but we just, at the end, would we'll just say, yeah, they will get back to us. Thank you, Brother Ani. Praise God.
1: Anyone else would like to give their testimony?
3: Hello, Brother Savi. This is Rashmi here. Yes, Rashmi. Yes. Yeah. Yes, i like to praise and thank the Lord for the gift of life, for all the miracles, for all the blessings we have received. I just love these moments where I can sit with the children, discuss what do I hear from you, Brother Russell, Brother Vivek, and Sister Janela Praise during the rosary and the others pray and the intentions that they pick up. Like Sister Shanin with her praise and worship. We share everything with each other when they are there at home. And they're happy and they you know I tell them this way, that way. And you know it's a very nice conversation. It has always been happening, but I have forgotten to testify about this. That they're not bored of what I say, what I speak, what I tell them it's they tell me, and then the sometimes they'll ask questions, you know, so that feeling is really really nice. I have never experienced this all my life. I should always tell them about going to church and all, but these experiences are totally different. I just praise and thank the Lord for these beautiful moments I spend with the children, even when we were in Bombay, we used to do it over the phone, but now, as a family, we sit. We discuss and, you know, that is really nice. Thank you, Jesus, for these beautiful moments in my life. I will cherish these moments all my life. I would also like to praise and thank the Lord um, for, you know, that day we went to the beach and Max playing with the ball, my son-in-law, his wedding ring went off with the water air and I was sitting down there at the, on the sand and only praising and thanking the lord i take my mobile and i keep reading and hearing and hearing things which i have already downloaded so i'm happy i don't like to play in the water and they came to me and they're saying mama can we pray max has lost his ring you won't believe you know i was just feeling my god what are they telling me a person a sinner like me they're telling me to you know and uh i told him see it's not that god will grant us whatever we want it's okay and i said we'll pray everything will be good and as soon as they left again to go towards the water i just prayed and i said lord jesus just let them all be patient and calm when they come back i don't know whether they'll find it they won't find the ring and it's the wedding ring so max was very upset but praise god when i kept praying and thanking the lord they came back and they were more calm and composed. I only told Max, it's all good. No problem. You are safe. Everybody's safe. It's okay. And you know, they all were really calm. So the Lord has really, that, that miracle has really touched me that, you know, what they were so upset. But they forgot about it. And later on, he said, don't remind me about it. now. I don't want to. So Lord Jesus, you are really close to us. Today's sister was Shanin was saying that he's touching us. He's really touching us day in, day out. And he's reminding us, I am there with you all the time. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brisbane Group, for teaching me how to pray. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you, Sister
0: Rashmi. anyone else would like to give their testimony? Lord, I want to thank you for this week
1: that has gone by, Lord. Thank you for your presence in my life. Thank you for your revelations. Thank you for your mercy, Lord, that you pour into my life every single day. I thank and praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all the healings, for all the miracles, Lord, that have happened in our life. Lord, all the miracles, all the, the people that we were praying for, Lord, who are in the hospital, who are undergoing surgery heart surgery lord i thank and praise you lord for that that surgery that has gone through successfully Lord, and the complete recovery from that heart surgery i thank and praise you lord for your presence that was there during that surgery your miracle lord that took place i thank and praise you lord for the spiritual authority that you have blessed each and every one of us lord that we can use to pass up satan lord and all his evil plans over our family I thank and praise you, Lord Jesus, for every new thing that you are doing into each and everyone's life, Lord, in this prayer group. And their families, Lord, I thank and praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Who would like to give a testimony? we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So Who would like to give their testimony of what God is doing in your life?
4: Brother Savio?
0: Yes, yes, thanks.
4: Yeah. Uh, brother Savio, my younger brother Melvin Fernandez was admitted in the hospital due to low pulse rate. Uh, he has already gone through operation uh, in, I think, two years back it was for mitral valve replacement. So on October 30th, he was really very serious. Uh, his pulse rate was only 42. And... Uh, I prayed to Jesus and it was like a shocking news to us because in the morning I just went to his house and he was completely fine and uh, by evening he was admitted directly in the ICU. So I prayed to Jesus and I said, Jesus, it's my brother's birthday on the 5th of November and I want him back home safe and sound on the 4th in the evening so that we all can go together on the 5th. And... uh, The word that which Brother Russell claims every day in the morning encounter with Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. I said that with full faith. And uh, my brother was at home on 4th in the evening. And on 5th November, we all went together to church because it was his birthday. And I thank God for this miracle in his life and in our life also. And I thank God for all the miracles to come in this year. 2024. All for Jesus' glory. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your favor, your goodness
1: that is chasing and overtaking each and every member of the prayer group, Lord, in this new year. Thank you, Lord. Who would like to give their testimony?
5: Brother, I'll go next. Yes, brother. Yeah, I just want to thank the Lord. And my testimonies are more so for spiritual growth, although they may not be anything significant seen in the physical and a lot of us may have that kind of experience. But I'd like us to go on that spiritual journey more with him, focus more on spiritual testimonies, because just getting, you know, your physical outcomes for the things we are praying for, without really experiencing that spiritual growth is not taking us far, It is very small steps and only a small distance if we're going to. So we need to press harder in the spirit. And uh, I just want to thank the Holy Spirit for the opportunity to fellowship with him, to have that friendship with him where he's there and and the opportunity to spend time where I can talk to him. And I experience that spiritual growth laterally and vertically. So I just want to thank the Lord for all uh, that he's doing in my life. So every day when we pray, you are doing a new thing in the morning encounters. We say it as well. I want each of us to experience that new thing that he is doing in each of our lives so that every single day there is something new that you can look to and say, Lord, this wasn't there yesterday and it is in my spirit today or this is some new revelation I have received. This is a new word you have given me. This is a new dimension of yourself that you have shown to me and we can thank him for that. So I want to thank the Lord for that new thing that he is doing in my life every single day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you, brother. Jesus, thank you, Lord.
0: Thank you, Lord, for every new thing that you're doing in our lives, Lord, every single day. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Who else would like to give their testimony?
6: I would like to praise and thank my God yes. for every moment of every day that he keeps us alive and breathing and happy. Really, really guided by the Holy Spirit. In fact, when you all started this um, uh, and how to pray the Our Father. It was the prayer Jesus himself taught us. And a prayer is nothing but talking to God. I have always believe that. I'm so happy whenever I pray because I just sit down quietly and can just talk to him. That's all it is, just talking to him. And today, to my great happiness, the Lord spoke to me. I don't know what happened. Suddenly through my phone, it was not a forward or anything. I don't know what happened. Any, Just the voice came and said, all will be well and my prayers will be answered. And lots and lots of things. I was so happy to hear that. And um, I told my sister and she said, send it to me. I said, no, nothing to send. I don't know where it came from and where it's gone to. I couldn't find it. I just listened and listened. And I went to sleep listening. And I said, Lord, I'm in your hands and I'm in your arms and I'm listening to you. That's all. And I just heard it in my deep, in my consciousness. I think, I don't know what, but I went to sleep hearing it and then my charge finished. So that was
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. But I was
6: so happy and I thank the Lord and thank you, Holy Spirit Prayer Group.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Who else would like to give thanks to God?
7: Brother, yes. I will share my testimony. Yes, sir.
0: yeah, yes, sister.
7: Jane. Um, I want to thank the Lord for the week gone by, brother. And thank you for the powerful teaching last week. Uh, I would like to thank the Holy Spirit for doing something. Every, every day he is doing something new in my life. For for bringing my faith to a greater level. So before my, uh, my, my my I used to write only the scriptures. Then it was like thank the Lord. And from uh, uh, after hearing the Lord's prayer, I, uh, I sat down to re- hear it again and start writing it. Um, the so the my faith level really uh, uh, increased. I started um, uh, declaring it daily. Now, about, now my declarations are uh, taking up the scripture, understanding it, meditating on it, praying with it, and then put up my declaration. So now <clears throat> daily I am writing my own declarations. For the morning encounters and uh, for last week's teaching also, I sat down in my study, uh, took up the scriptures, and I have been declaring it daily. So really thank the Holy Spirit for putting up, for deepening up my faith, for doing something new, doing, doing bringing me to a new level of faith. And uh, uh, the scripture he gave me was uh, Psalms 102, 21, it says, uh, declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praises in Jerusalem. So, thank you, brother, for the powerful teaching and expecting a great day for to go ahead. Thank you, brother.
0: Thank you, Sister Jane. Praise God. Thank you Jesus.
1: Who else would like to give their testimony?
8: Brother, I'll go next. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I would like to thank and praise the Lord for bringing all of us safely back from back from our vacation uh, overseas, and thank you, Lord, for all that you have done while I was overseas, and uh, for so many souls that were saved um, during the time I got a chance to spend with people there and bring Jesus to people's lives. Thank and praise you, Lord, that this uh, Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group is going across the world, to the nations, touching souls, the morning encounters, the reflections, the praise and worship where people are being blessed, the Holy Rosary and Divine Mercy. And this whole whole beautiful Holy Spirit-built in prayer group is like a family that prays together and we stay together. Uh, it's so important that all of us realize that we are trying to help each other and pray for each other. And this prayer group is all about finding a prayer partner and it's, it's something where we can, you know, pray with one another and help each other on our journey in a walk of faith. As Brother Russell said, and I truly agree that we just cannot just go beyond just at the need level and just be stuck there and say, Lord, bless me with a job. We got a job. Bless me with finances. We got finances. Bless me with good health. We got good health. Bless me with good relationships. That's good. But we got to go beyond that because God has already provided us all our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. we got to move to the next step where now we are with a relationship with Him and we are not asking for anything. We just want to be in Him and let His words abide in me. And then we know that we are in communion with Christ because we can't do anything without His word. That's what John 15, 5 says. That He's the vine and we are the branches and without Him we can do nothing. So just abiding in Him and he abiding in us, uh, in me, is that walk and that relationship is what helps us and strengthens us in that spiritual journey, which is more important than the physical uh, needs. We've got to step above that physical and that's the step that we got to take in this year of 2024. For those who know that once you are in relationship with Christ through his word, whatever is written in his word is his will. So if you have any issues of health and you believe that you're healed, you're healed. Anything that finances, you believe uh, the scriptures and you get them. So that's all done. So you don't have to worry. You know that it's already a done deal. Uh, All we have to do is step up to the next level. So I pray that this new year blesses all of us, uh, including myself, to go up into that relationship and walk in Christ and bring many souls for him, saving people for Christ and bringing Jesus to so many people. uh, and inviting people to this prayer group. Uh, with some declining numbers, it's all important that we know that we are trying to help each other and find a prayer partner. And for those who don't have prayer partners, put a request on the telegram. I'm sure someone will say, I would like to pray with you. And remember, a family that prays together stays together and that's what we look for. I Thank and praise you, Lord, for all the wonderful things you're doing in my life. And for the graces and the mercies which are above your judgment, Lord. Our pray the Holy Spirit Prayer group only flourishes and grows, and the Holy Spirit guides us on our work on our walk in Christ and makes Jesus come alive to all of us. Thank and praise you, Lord. And for all the ministries we serve that we continue in our endeavor because this is not a, a ministry that we are doing. It's a calling from God directly for us to serve. and for all the prayer warriors who who are doing so much for one another, this is a wonderful family. We love one another. And our walk is in Christ. And Jesus is love. So let's bring the Holy Spirit President Bread. Look to so many people in their lives. Share the teachings. Share the testimonies. So someone's life can be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Thank you, brother. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
0: Who else would like to give their testimony?
1: We all go through some battles or the other and it is those battles that we go through that we get us through the confession of our testimony. That's how we overcome Satan. So is there anything that you would like to
0: thank God for?
9: Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of life. Thank you, Jesus, for my family, friends, and for all the blessings, mercies, and graces that he bestows upon me and my family. Thank you, Lord, for his hand of protection that is around me and over me and my family. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your faithfulness in my life. I thank the Lord for the power of his word in my my life. And every day this word is nourishing my soul through the prayer group, ministries, all the prayer group sessions, through the daily readings, and to different other sources that we hear, we read, and we watch every day. Just like food nourishes our body, we need the Word of God to nourish our souls every single day. It's not something that you can just listen or read once and then put it aside, but it's something that we need every single day. Then things don't go my way, I can confidently now say your will be done, Lord. And Lord, I know whatever happens. I know you are with me and I trust in you. So I thank them, praise, Lord, for all our prayer warriors, our ancestors, for this prayer group family and for all the prayer ministries that we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
1: Thank
0: you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. anyone else would like to
1: give their testimony. Anyone would like to get their testimony? i like to read out a testimony that was, that's posted on the group. This is from Ryan. I give glory to God, our Abba Father. Last week on Thursday, my wife was informed by her manager that she has an important inspection from an external company to observe and inspect her work on Tuesday, 9th January, giving her only three days to prepare. She was quite buried as to what to do and how to prepare and be ready. On Sunday, 7th January, at bedtime, we both prayed together, giving praise and thanksgiving that the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has already guided her and shown her what needs to be done. Over the next few days, we kept giving praise to God. Coming Tuesday, 9th January, the inspection takes place. The observer was quite pleased and thrilled to see everything in place as required, that he couldn't find any flaws. He submitted his report classifying the inspection as outstanding and even pointing out there are no points for improvements. Later in the day, while speaking to the top bosses, along with her, he gave credit to her and her manager for doing such brilliant work, but the manager interrupted and said, "It was Candida alone who who done all this in just three days." Today, her bosses called her into their office at the end of the day and presented her a bouquet of flowers. She was quite overwhelmed. I give glory and magnify the name of the Lord, who always stands by us. In fact, goes before us to show the way. And lead, and lead in all endeavours of life, however huge they may be. Thank you and praise you, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Mother Mary, St. Joseph, and all the angels and saints. God bless our beautiful Holy Spirit prayer group.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
1: Is there anyone who would like to give thanks and praise to God? We got a few minutes remaining so we can take a few testimonies. Even if you want to say one line, thank you, Jesus, that's also fine. We give thanks and praise to God. Is there anyone who would like to give thanks to God?
2: Savvy, so I'd like to, like to give thanks at mass this morning. There, yes. in front of me, there was a little boy. I reckon he would have been about nine years old, and he had a Bible. And I spoke to him afterwards, and I said, "Did you know that that that's a fantastic book you've got there? That's the Bible." Mm-hmm. His mother said, "I've just found it. It's a youth Bible, but mm-hmm. she's I just found it at an op shop." Mm-hmm. And I, and I said, I want you to find a scripture for me, Hebrews 4.12. And he, he mm. went and he read it. Mm. I said, do you understand what this means? And explained to him, mm. this Bible, this book mm. is like no other. It's different to every other book he's ever read. That's and right. explained how um, I'd been given the vision. And so as many other people that you know, one day when the book was open, when the Bible was open, Jesus's physical beating heart was on the Bible. So he's he was indicating to us and confirming Hebrews four twelve. The Word of God is living and active. Yes. And I explained this to the little child, and the mother looked at me and she said, hmm. "I didn't know that." Yes. <laughs> so I'd like to give praise and thanks to the Lord that you know this little boy is going to grow up, mm-hmm. um, reading the Word of God. Yes. And we proclaim that tonight. Amen. Mm-hmm. And decree and declare for all our young kids yes. that that they will have a Bible. Yes. And, and they will learn to read the Bible and know how powerful this is. We claim it for all our children, for all our school... All the school-aged children all our teenagers lord that they aren't going to be into all this other stuff that is not of you lord that they are going to be into the word of god and and i didn't know all this stuff when i was like young at school so we claim this for all our children and all the all the children around the world lord because your power has no bounds, and so we proclaim this tonight. We decree and declare it that every child in the world will have a Bible, they will read it, they will understand it, they will speak it out, and they will declare it in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Amen. Thank, you, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
1: Thank you, God. Thank you,
8: Lord,
0: for answering. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Is there anyone uh, else who would like to give a last testimony before we start? Before we start with the announcements. Is there anyone else?
0: we Will start with the announcements then. Brother Russell, can you
1: please get the announcements? Thank you, brother.
5: So, once again, a warm welcome to all those that have joined us today for the first time at this session. If you are feeling blessed to be part of this session, and at the end of the session, if you feel like you would want to continue to be part of this prayer group, or just post the link now. You would also, this is the link to join us on Telegram. But you will also find this link in all of our videos. So if you go onto to our YouTube channel and just go on to any of our YouTube videos, you'll find the link. So you'll have to download the Telegram group from the App Store or your Play Store on your phone. And then just click this link. You'll uh, be added to the prayer group. So the benefit there is that you can uh, post your prayer requests on this prayer group in the chat. And others will pray with and for your prayer request. there. They'll pray with you. Um, along with that, uh, there are a number of sessions that we run during the day, a few reflections that are done as well. So it will help enrich your word knowledge, your understanding of the Bible, which at the end of it, the ultimate objective is that your prayer life improves and your relationship with Jesus, your understanding of him as a person improves. That's what we're really trying to achieve here so that you don't just um, limit yourself to praying prayer requests, but you have a deeper spiritual connection with him. That's what we're really trying to achieve there. So I'll just uh, list you through the different sessions that we run uh, during the day. So we have morning encounters that we run at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Typically runs for about half an hour. It's run seven days a week, 365 days a year. And we also have Brother Savio's reflections that are posted every day on all our channels, including the. Uh, including all our social media channels as well. So they're posted on Telegram along with Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram as well. So if those reflections are blessing you and while you read them and are praying with them, if the Lord puts anyone on your heart, please share it forward. Do not hold it back with you. These are powerful spirit downloads that uh, he posts there. So please bless others. Don't hold back on that and keep it to yourself. We also run... uh, Rosary and Divine Mercy sessions every evening on weekdays. So, Monday to Thursday, it's run at 7 p.m. in the evening, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And then on Fridays, it's run at 3 p.m. in the afternoon because we have this Bible study session that's run every Friday uh, in the evenings from 5.30 p.m. onwards. So, we start with praise and worship for about an hour at 5.30 p.m., followed by confession of scriptures, the I Confess Boldly Scriptures. Uh, Along with that, Then we have testimony time which has just concluded now and then the teaching of the evening the Bible study session. All of these sessions are run live on Zoom as well as on YouTube and the recordings are posted on YouTube as well as our Spotify podcast channel. So you can look us up on either of those channels by searching Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group and you'll find us there. I'll also post a link once again to download the I Confess Boldly Scriptures so that If you do not have a copy of those, you can download it, keep a printed copy with you and use it in your daily prayer. If any scriptures stand out that speak to your personal circumstances, please use that particular scripture in your personal prayer as well. And all of our sessions are run online. The Friday Bible study sessions are currently run online, but very soon we're working out an opportunity to get back into church. So it will then be run in a hybrids uh, system whereby it will be run in church in Brisbane along with our online platform of Zoom and YouTube as well. So if you are in Brisbane, once we start running those, hopefully that'll be soon. If you are in Brisbane and would like to join us, we'll post all details on a Telegram group. We'd encourage you to come join us for that personal fellowship with the Holy Spirit when we run these sessions in person. God. thank you jesus
0: thank you brother
1: we'll get started now with um the next part and i'll start off with a prayer in the name of the father and of the son and the holy spirit amen lord jesus as we start off with the second session lord we surrender this to you lord we surrender i surrender all my faculties all the words lord that i speak I thank and praise you, Lord, for every word that comes out from my mouth, Lord Jesus. I thank and praise you, Lord Jesus. We surrender to you, Lord, all our equipment, Lord, that every equipment that we have works fine and works perfectly, Lord. Every recording that happens, Lord, and that this word of yours goes out to your people and it glorifies you, Lord Jesus. We thank and praise you, Lord, for this time that we come to know you, we come to learn about you, Lord, together as one family. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to be with you. I make this prayer in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus. And we we'll, we can now read the the verse on the screen. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. But it will accomplish what I desire. And achieve the purpose for which I send it out in faith. I thank you Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. So we will now, we will start with uh, the Lord's Prayer, part two. Uh, we look at Matthew 6. So the last time in part one, we we started off having a look at uh, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name. Uh, Today we'll go ahead and have a look and we'll start off with uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So to start off, uh, I'll ask a question. What is uh, your understanding? What do you understand by kingdom? Kingdom?
0: Amen. Thank you. That's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yep.
1: That's right. So, uh, so a kingdom. So when we when we talk about a kingdom. Uh, it it means that in a kingdom there is a king because it's it's a kingdom, there is a ruler, there's, there is someone who sets the rules and as part of the rules there is someone who also has uh, authority, there is someone who has judgment and as part of that judgment there could be, be punishments. There is someone as a kingdom, a person who, who is a king who also looks at the welfare of his people. So if there are uh, sicknesses, pains, uh, he provides for the benefits of the people. So uh, back in the days during the Exodus journey, at that time as well, we we could see various kingdoms that were there. Uh, We had the Egyptian monarchy that was there, that was run by Pharaoh. Uh, And at that time, uh there was that was what the kingdom was known as and th- that is what the kings were known as uh, but over time that has changed now they are known with different different names like sultan and different names but how does uh, a monarchy work so a monarchy like the kings uh, of that time it works like it is got a system it's got a system of governance so there is a, there is some level of governance that is there around it uh, there is a, a head of state Someone who makes a, a decision, who's a de- decision maker over, let's say, the country's affairs. And there is an appointment that takes place. Though this appointment is slightly different, it's not a democratic appointment, but it is an appointment that is based on hereditary or, or bloodline. Uh, but as we see over the over the years, this uh, you can say the monarchy itself has diminished over the period of, of years. And in, in recent years, we do not see it much. In some countries, though, we, we do see it still where there is absolute monarchies uh, in, in, let's say, Oman or Saudi Arabia and some of the countries where they have the final decision-making. And then what we see in such monarchies is we see something known as a, a delegated authority where, they, where those kings are able to then delegate their authority that they have to others. And those others being, they could be their own uh, children that they could then delegate that authority to make decisions, to execute commands, to to give orders, etc., on behalf of them. So that's how uh, kingdoms in our current world and monarchies in our in our current world, though diminishing, uh, have been working over the, over the years. So when we look at Christianity and we look at uh, the kingdom of God, you know, does does Christianity and the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven? have a king yes we do have a king and that is king jesus and that's how we we recently uh, celebrated in fact in november we celebrated the feast of christ the king so that is our king that we we recognize as the king of our kingdom the kingdom of heaven and this is the king that we are called to recognize and obey Christ the King, you know. Uh, but back in the days, like when they used to be kings, there used to be also various punishments where, you know, people used to cut off their, the kings used to cut off their heads of people who used to not uh, obey the laws. But that's, that's not the case in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Because the principle on which the kingdom of God is based on, is based on the principle, is based on love. So love is the foundation of the kingdom of God, and is based on that principle. So Jesus, as the King in the kingdom of heaven, is it's not it's so the kingdom of heaven is not a it's not a physical world as such, uh, you know, and it, it's not that it is less powerful uh, or less important or less uh, influential. Uh, in fact, when this question was being asked, and Pilate had asked Jesus about it uh, during when he was questioning Jesus. And Jesus said it, uh, in John 18, 36 is written, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. So it's, it's it is a different kingdom. And throughout the scriptures, throughout the scriptures, we see that there are various places in which the kingdom of God has been mentioned. So, Luke 17, 2021 20, talks about the coming of the kingdom of God. It's not something that can be observed. So, it says, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And that's what it says in Luke 17, 2021. 20, Similarly, Mark 1, 15 says, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Romans 14, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Then Luke 4, 43 says, But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Matthew 25.34 says, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And then we see Matthew, uh, Matthew 16, 19, which talks, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when we see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not it's not a physical palace. It's not a physical kingdom you know, floating somewhere. It's God's sovereign governance and kingship. Over all created things in heaven and on earth. So it is us. It is a system of of government that is ruled. It is controlled by God, and it started off. And how we how we how we actually got to know more about it is through. We got to know more about the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. So when jesus took the form of as an infant and came into the world you know the invisible kingdom of god that existed with christ the king slowly we started to understand more about that kingdom of god and we started to understand the king himself the king himself the king himself who came into our very presence he came into our very presence and so we started to actually understand it even more and understand actually what it really means. Because what it really means is experiencing that kingdom of God. Experiencing that person of the king, which is Jesus. And that's when we started to acknowledge Jesus as the king of our lives. So, we right in the very beginning, as Jesus came into the world. We see the three kings. And the, the three kings, in fact, brought one of them brought gold. And that is what, right in the study, they 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 started to acknowledge that, you know, this is the king, and we are come here to give glory to Christ the king. And then others gave more, more as we that was given, acknowledging that even as the king, that that king has also human needs, just as we have human needs and we have human pain and suffering. So that's where myrrh was given to to Christ the King, and that myrrh has got he has got healing properties. So as a child, Jesus would have his mother, Mother Mary, would have used that myrrh for you know for his healing, like whether as a child for teething problems as a child or whether as a child he would run and fall down. So that was showing that even as a king, you may be a king, what is the difference? But you are a king that we can relate to. You are a king that is among us. You are a king that has all the human needs, has gone through all the human pain, gone through all the human suffering, like like one of us. And so that's how we understand what is that kingdom, you know, the kingdom of God that, that Jesus Introduced in his his coming into our world. Like it is like a new way of living and thinking. You know, in the New Testament. And we are called to live in that kingdom of God. Which is to carry, carry his message. You know, and it is the heavenly kingdom. This heavenly kingdom that brings about in our lives the blessings. And those blessings come when we live our lives according to that kingdom and the principles that align to that, to that kingdom. So if we want to be blessed, then we need to align to those kingdom principles. So what is that kingdom of God? Is God reigns, God reigns supreme. He reigns supreme in heaven. So in heaven, there is no sickness. There is no pain. There is no suffering. In heaven, there is no tears. And why no sickness? Because there, our heart is consumed within the presence of God. Where God makes us whole, He glorifies our body, He glorifies us and makes us whole. And what the Our Father says is: Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what He is asking us to. He he wants us to experience that same that same experience that we that we have in heaven where there is no sickness, there is no pain, there is no suffering, there is no tears. But there is in reality in our lives, we, we come about all these things where there are there are various sicknesses, there are various sufferings and various journeys that we have. And this is where we see that even Jesus, as he came into our lives, came into this world as a baby Jesus and started going about on his ministry, when he went about on his ministry, his ministry was to walk and to bring about the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is here. And when he went about, he went about doing his ministry So, for example, in John 5-2, there is an example of the paralyzed man at the pool uh, of the water in Jerusalem. There was a healing there that took place. And that healing that took place was the bringing of the kingdom of God. Jesus used that as bringing the kingdom of God to that person, that paralyzed man. Similarly, in John 11-38-44, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. When he raised raised Lazarus from the dead, there is no death in heaven. So he was, what Jesus was bringing was the kingdom of God. That same kingdom of God, he was bringing it to Lazarus. Then in Luke 7, to 50, uh, there is an example of the, the prostitute who had sinned. And Jesus threw her clothes through the love of God. And that's what we see the love of God abundant in abundance in heaven. And that's how Jesus brought the kingdom of God into her life through that giving her that experience of the love of god into the life of that lady and this is the this is the kingdom of god that the lord wants us to experience here on earth and when we go about experiencing this this kingdom of god we also need to align to the principles. As the word says, your kingdom come, your will be done, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, we need to do the will of God and align to what those kingdom principles are. So, how can we be be part of the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual kingdom? So, if you see back in the days, like in the Old Testament, we see the Jewish people they were seeking a physical physical kingdom. And so when, when Jesus came, they were not seeking a spiritual kingdom, a physical kingdom. And what they were, were seeking is a physical king. So when they were searching for a physical king, they had a certain pattern in their mind, a, a certain routine that they had in their mind of what a king would be, because that's what has happened in the past. So the pattern of the entire life was like, was like they would be disobedient to god then two they would they would follow false gods they would suffer they would cry to god they would uh, god would send a prophet and uh, then the enemy would be overcome the the prophet at some point in time dies and then the people go back to swear one so that was a pattern of life that was lived back in the back in the old testament and even when jesus came into the world uh, they were they were they were accustomed to that pattern of life and they were searching similarly for somebody to come to save them as a king who has uh, who has powers and would build a physical kingdom, somebody who would uh, set them free from their oppressors and the oppressors at that time were the Roman soldiers. so they were used to that pattern. so but we see that Jesus did not come to bring about that kingdom. As he made it clear to even Pilate that my kingdom is not of this world, because the people, even at that stage, that is, even at the uh, even at the end of his life when he was being persecuted, even then, after being with the people for all this while, still the people did not understand, and that's why Jesus still said, "My kingdom is not of this world." So, one of the criteria for us to prepare to be partakers of that kingdom is to to humble ourselves to obey his commandments, to, uh, to humble ourselves. And his commandments are the word of God. His will is in the word of God. And it is only through we being connected to the word of God that we can be obedient to his word. And if you are not obedient, then we are not connected to the word of God. No. Even, even Jesus, he knew the word He knew the word and he knew the word that was being spoken to him. When he, when it was written, Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He he had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, liberty to the captives, opening to the prison. So what are all these things that even, even Jesus knew it. These are all the areas where Jesus came into the world to bring about the kingdom of God. By setting the people free, setting them captives, those who are captives, setting them free from whatever captivity that they, they are in. But for us to be able to do it, we need to be connected to the wine. And John 15:5 says, I am the wine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. So that kingdom of God that Jesus came into the world and he, he he actually put it into practice and into practice when he started living that kingdom of God among the people, healing them, those who were in captive, releasing them, those who were dead, raising them to life. All of this is possible through being connected through the wine and that vine is jesus he says i am the vine you are the branches and he says whatever you want to do you can apart from me you can do nothing so we we need to keep that in we need to keep that in mind because there are as we are seeking to do the will will of god as it says your kingdom come your will be done so as we are seeking to do that will of god we need to align to kingdom principles, and what is the what is the criteria to prepare to be partakers, you know, of this kingdom? So Mark 1, 14 says talks about uh, repentance. It talks about Saint John the Baptist and it talks about he says repent and believe in the gospel. So that's that's our starting point, you know, repentance. But why, you know, why is it that, uh, you know, we need to repent? like sometimes we may we we may think we do not need to repent because if we do not repent we do not repent like then we wouldn't really be able to experience the kingdom of god because what would happen is that there would be a block like a like a block of wall so if we do not repent then we ourselves starting from we ourselves we do not experience healing So where is the kingdom of God? We wouldn't have the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, there is healing. But if we do not repent, there is no healing. So if we do not experience healing, we do not experience the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, there is no sickness. But repentance, when we say repentance, we we mean not just saying... Uh, a meaningless uh, sorry, but it is about making a determination an inner determination to turn away from sin. So we when we repent one needs to repent, we need to quit revolting and we need to start following God and glorifying him to be in our presence. So, but what if we do not understand? You know, like, what do we do if we do not understand what is wrong? Then if we do not understand, we wouldn't experience the kingdom of God. So what we need to then do is we need to ask the Holy Spirit to to convict us. So that we understand what is it, what is the area of our lives. So Jesus on the other side, he will take care and he will assure us that he will, if we come with repentant hearts, he will dispose of our sins. He will take care of that part. That's the second part. But the first part of us is we need to repent. But many a times, there is, we may we may think that there is no need to repent. Because we do not sin. It is possible that we may even think that. We may think that, uh, you know, I can't even remember when I, I, I last sinned. Or we might say, oh, we've we never been out of the house, so how can we sin? And we may not we may not uh, confess our sins, because we may not believe that we have sinned. But Isaiah 43, 25 says, I even, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my sake and remembers your sins no more. So your, our sins are no more. He doesn't remember any of our sins. When we come with a repentant heart. So a repent to repent means to change our mind, to change our perspective. And it is the Spirit of God that prompts us. It's the Holy Spirit that pro- prompts us. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals to us. It's the Holy Spirit that tells us what is our sin. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us. It's the Holy Spirit that draws us to Jesus. And John 6.44 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So we need to be drawn so that once we are drawn, that's when we start to realize our sins and we start to repent for it. In in scriptures, we'll see that there are cases where God hasn't drawn people. And an example of that is Pharaoh. Where God deliberately did not draw Pharaoh, deliberately. But what God rather did is deliberately he made Pharaoh's heart hard. Over and over again, he just hardened his heart, hardened his heart. He never drew him near. So that's an example. So Jesus wants us to, he wants us to experience God's kingdom, this kingdom on earth. Okay? He wants us to experience this kingdom of earth and sometimes you may see Sister Shanin singing this beautiful praise and worship hymn during our teachings on our uh, Bible study days on Fridays. And the hymn is What a Beautiful Name It Is. And even in that hymn, there is this beautiful line that says, you didn't want heaven, Lord, you didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. You brought heaven down to us. You didn't want heaven without us. So you brought heaven down to us. My sin was great, but your love was greater. And that's the experience that God wants to give us here on earth. So if, if Jesus hadn't come as a human to the earth, you know, would we experience, would we have this experience that we we have the opportunity to experience it today? You know, because when Jesus came, he he came and he looked beyond all our brokenness. That's the reason why he came. You know, that's why he came. He's saying, I don't want heaven without you. I love you so much. I don't want heaven without you. I want to come down. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. You brought heaven down to us my sin was great your love was even greater your love was even greater and what was what was that love that love was because every time he looked at us he seen he seen in us brokenness brokenness and brokenness brokenness in our body in all the sicknesses that that come to our body brokenness in our soul in our in our thoughts in our evil thoughts in all the evil feelings and confusions and chaos that is there in us our broken spirits, our faith that is broken into pieces, a little faith most of the times that is requires healing. So that's what Jesus seen. He seen he, what he seen was all brokenness. We are broken people, you know, in all these areas of our life, in body, soul, and spirit. And so it was Jesus who said, "I will leave everything and I'll come," because He didn't want heaven without us. So He said, "I want to bring heaven to you." And give you an experience of what that is. And in your midst, I'm going to heal people and give you an experience of what, what healing means. So when you're healed, I will give you an experience that you are healed. When you find joy, when you experience joy, I'll give an experience of what it is in heaven, where there is joy. I'll give an experience of what it is in heaven, where there is, there is no sickness. And when he's seen us all broken, that's what he's seen: our broken body, our broken soul, our brokenness in our in our spirit in all these areas. So it is he that is responsible for bringing that kingdom of God into our lives. So and Jesus taught us through various ways to be partakers into that. You know, even, even we see even through the Beatitudes. So even through the Beatitudes uh, he showed us how how we can have the kingdom of heaven. And it says in Matthew 3, 5, 3, it is said Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit. So, what is poor in spirit? Does poor in spirit mean that equal to a weak spirit? No. Poor in spirit means a spirit that is constantly thirsting for God, for more and more of His presence. And it's not the same as a weak spirit that is subject to attack, but a spirit that is constantly searching for something more, some more understanding, some more revelation of God in our lives. So Jesus, he introduced the kingdom of God to earth, but he wants us. It is now up to us to to persevere through it. No, so it is it is a constant decision that we need to transform our hearts, transform our minds that leads us to that experience of the kingdom of God. But there is a transformation. There is something that needs to happen prior. You know, so Philippians 3, 2021 20, says, we are citizens of high heaven. But there is far more to life for us. We are citizens of high heaven. That's what Jesus wants to remind us. What are we citizens of? And where where should our focus be? And where should our focus be so that we transform our hearts and minds consciously? You know, and to do that, we we need to be born again in the spirit. Because by being born again in the spirit, we are we are transforming our hearts and our minds. Romans 12 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind be transformed by the renewing of your mind make a change make a conscious change and so this kingdom of God is the the reign the reign of God in the earth but it's also the reign of God that we need to have in our lives and in our hearts but the question for us is are we willing to accept God as the king you know of every area of our life are we willing to be obedient to his commandments? Because that is what your kingdom come, your will be done for us to be able to do the will of God in our lives, which is the will of God is everything in the word of God. Which is his commandments that he asks us to to align to his commandments, to align to that kingdom principles. You know, by living faithful lives to His, his commandments. Because there can there can be no kingdom of God in the world if there is absence of that King King Jesus in our hearts, and that is why it is important that that transformation happens, that that renewal happens in as in Romans twelve too that renewal happens because then they can be trans, then they can then we can experience that kingdom of God. So it is through one area you know feeding our minds. Feeding, feeding our souls. We need to look at all the the negativity, the anger, the frustration, the negativity in our lives. The areas that we feed our spirit, what is the darkness that we allow into our spirit? Or are we feeding our spirit through God's love? Understanding and asking for God's love to become real into our, our lives. So as we look closer into, you know, what are the various criteria, what is it that we can partake into this kingdom of God and to do the will of God, how are we also, you know, feeding our body? We could, we could be glorifying God through our bodies or are we glorifying ourselves? What are we glorifying? So Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So our bodies is meant to be offered as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. So if you want the kingdom of God to reside in us, then are we ready and would we provide a place in our body that honors God? Or would we say, I don't care. I don't care who dwells in this temple. Or I don't even know that there is a temple. Or I don't care what is the state of state of this temple, which is our body. God, but God loves our body. He loves our, our soul. He loves our spirit. He loves us completely. He loves our body and he that's what he formed us. He formed us. Psalm 139, 13-16 to 16 says, For you formed my inner parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. But many a times it is possible that we may get this impression that our body is not good. You know, we may have this low self-esteem, low self-image about our body. We do not look good. Maybe somebody might be uh, might be teasing us, you know, in our schools, colleges, or even even workplaces, um, and we may say, no, our body is not good as as compared to somebody else. Or we may think that, no, no, we should not actually, uh, you know, think about our body. At times we may say, you know, our, our, our body is like, it's taboo, you know, do not think about it much. Do not give attention to the body. Or we may say, okay, you know, let's let's start the body. We'll, we'll probably just fast and fast and fast. You know, because we'll do it because the body is evil, there's all the evil is in the body. But However, the body is good when it glorifies God. Because God made the body. Uh, It cannot be evil. He made our body. He made our body as Psalm 139 says, He formed our inward parts. He knitted us together. So the body cannot be evil. The body is good when it glorifies God. But if it is glorifying, if, if the body is glorifying ourselves, then it is not. So when Adam and Eve so did Adam and Eve when God made Adam and Eve they did not have clothes at that time when they were in the garden of Eden. So they were naked and they offered their bodies as a living sacrifice to God. They glorified God through their bodies. But when sin happened it was a different situation altogether. You know, but the question is like do we glorify ourselves and misuse our bodies you know there could be various misuses so 1 corinthians 6, 6, 6 18 says flee from sexual immorality, immorality all other sins a person commits are outside the body but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body so all sexual sins masturbation pornography all sexual sins Uh, our sins that is against the body. The body is the same body that that God knitted us in our mother's womb. What about uh, tattoos? Leviticus 19.28 says, do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So, you know, only when they sinned, when you look at even Adam and Eve when they sin, once again, just like this scenario, these, these examples that I just gave, when they sin, they stopped glorifying God. And what they were glorifying is, is themselves. So not, not the body that God had given them. Because they wanted to, they wanted, they had other plans, they wanted to prove themselves, they wanted to be like God. So our, our body that we ignore is something that we need to take care of because God has given us that body. He has given us, he has knitted us that body. So sometimes we may say, Oh no, but we don't need, need to keep our body. You know, uh, we don't need to give much attention. We need not exercise. Uh, We need not do any of those things because that's not really important, but that's not, that's not really true because God has given us that body and we need to glorify God through that body by keeping our body healthy even, even Jesus kept his body healthy as a carpenter, it's hard work. As a carpenter, as a tradie, we call it in Australia a tradie, it's hard work as a tradie. It puts in puts the body through a lot. And it is that that hard work uh, and that, uh, you know, which, which was a natural exercise for Jesus that, that made his body strong, made his body tough so that he could even bear the cross, even endure the cross. Because that cross was a heavy cross. That cross that, you know, he had to carry all the way was a heavy cross. But he was, as a carpenter, even he had a strong body. Even he took care of his body. And that's what we are also called to take care of our body. The Psalms 139, 13 to 16 says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. So God has given us this gift. He has given us this gift. But many a times you think, no, this gift is not really a worthy gift. This particular gift, maybe some other gift, but not this gift. This gift is not really worth investing. Let's ignore this one. Let's Let's focus on the other gift. But then he's given us this gift. And he's given us this gift of our body to look after our body and not to misuse our body through all these addictions, uh, whether it is sexual immorality, masturbation or any of these uh, addictions that we then misuse the body. And we don't glorify God or sometimes we even overeat. And that's how we, we do not glorify God in our body. So Jesus, he he wants us to be healthy both in in our body, in our soul, and also in our spirit. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in every way, in every way, you may succeed and prosper. And be in good health physically, that is in our body. Just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. So he wants us to be completely whole not not one-sided, but completely whole. So as we look look at you know, what are all the additional things that he God wants us to be partakers in the kingdom, in this kingdom, so that we can align and do his will and align to his kingdom principles. So another area is where God, he asks us to first seek and align to him. So he says, first seek the kingdom of God. But many a times, we do not seek the kingdom of God. And even if we seek the kingdom of God, it is not first. And why is it not first? It is because there are so many cares. We have got so many worries. We've got so many things that are on our mind that keep us busy. And many a times, it is possible that God can be the last thing on our mind. Or maybe even there, it may not even be that last thing. It may even skip off for the day. But Matthew 6.33 says, But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. That is his way of doing and being right. His way of his attitude and his character, the character of God. And when we first seek him, all these other things will also be given to you. Matthew 6, 25, 34 says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, about your body or what you will wear. It talks about, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. So it says, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Do not worry about these things for the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father that we are talking about right now who has given us this prayer, the Abba father, your heavenly father knows that you need them. He knows it. But before we before we seek the kingdom of God, we need to know, we just need to know, we need to need to know the king, Jesus himself, who is that, who is that entry door? And we need to know the principles, we need to know the standards and that the expectations of, of King Jesus. And that's why we need to, to renew our minds through imitating the character of Jesus. And that happens through, through the Holy Spirit. It happens through the Holy Spirit because it is the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If we see each of those fruits of the Holy Spirit, each of those fruits of the Holy Spirit is, is what is there if we experience in heaven. There's joy, there's peace. And that's what Jesus calls us to experience here. But it's, it's very important that we understand when we understand that who are we you know who are we serving like it it is said seek first the kingdom of god so we need to understand in our lives who are we serving no we are born for something that is we are born and meant to be worshiping the one and through god and to surrender to him to be obedient to him that's that's what we are born for but in reality who are we serving you know it is possible our first attention is given to other things like making money, it could be uh, accumulating all various degrees and qualifications in our educations, it could be jobs and careers, which is a, a never ending climb up the ladder, never ending a work addiction, or it could be worldly pleasures and many, many more. But it is very important for us when we are seeking the kingdom and want to be part of the kingdom of God, it is important to know the king. And it is important once we know the king, we we need to know who we are serving. We need to be very clear of who we are serving. Whether we are serving King Jesus or whether we are serving our first attention is to everything else that I just mentioned. But Matthew 6.24 says, no one, no one can serve Two masters. Either you will hate the one and you will love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we need to we need to ask ourselves: who is the master of our lives? What is it that we are worshipping? And we can find that out when we when we look into our own hearts, when we look into the, the deepest desires, our attitudes, our behaviors, we can look into our lives and we can see where is our whole and soul focus you know we get up in the morning. What is the the first thing that we we think about when we get up in the morning? When we go to sleep, what do we think about? So we need to we need to look at whatever we spend majority of our time, majority of our efforts, Majority of our resources, our energy that we have, that is where our heart is. That is what ultimately that is what we are worshiping. So we need to come back to the king and find out are we really worship? You know, are we really worshiping King Jesus? Is he the King of our lives? What is our commitment and loyalty? You know, is it is it towards God? Or is it focused towards gaining wealth? Because we cannot we cannot serve two masters. We love one, we hate the other, as scripture says. You no, know, is it focused towards gaining wealth? Is it focused towards gaining a promotion? Then our, our minds will be just that. We'll we will love one and we'll hate the other. We cannot serve. Impossible to serve, It is impossible to serve two masters. Because if we try to do that, we'll we'll be torn in between. So we need to ask the question, is Jesus a master or something else? You know, are we seeking a promotion and do we think that that promotion is going to make us happy? Is that promotion going to um, give us an experience of the kingdom of God? Or are we seeking an approval? Some approval, an approval of acceptance, even acceptance from people to make us happy. Are we seeking financial gain and security? And we think that is That is what is going to make us happy. Let us strive to get financial gain. Are we seeking power and influence? You know, let us get into that top position, whether wherever it is, maybe in our organizations or or whatever. If we have that power, that will really make us really happy. Are Are we seeking financial independence? And we think that is going to make us happy. Once we have that, we are going to be happy. But as Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. There your heart will also be. So we cannot have the treasure on earth and and heaven at the same time. Because when we want to create the treasure on earth, we have to be fully focused to create those treasures. Similarly, when we want to create treasures in heaven, and grow in the, the fruits of the Holy Spirit and experience those on earth, then we need to be completely focused on God and focused on the Holy Spirit. So we we for our treasure is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So whatever is our treasure, if our treasure is seeking a promotion, our heart will be just there. Our treasure is seeking approvals for acceptance, our, our heart will be out there. Financial gains, seeking power, that's where our heart will be. A full heart will be there. It, it is, but at the same time, it is also possible to mask all of these of who we think we are. Who is the master that we are serving? You know, I, at times our emotions can rule over us, and we may seek to that may seek to create an influence on others. So. It is possible we may mask our intentions and, you know, selfish by doing, we may do good things. But there is an internal conflict. Because within us, as we are doing it, as we are doing the good work, it doesn't match up. It's possible that it doesn't match up with our heart. Because our heart doesn't have any good intentions to do the good work. So we may say, okay, I'm doing this to serve Jesus, but rather it is coming from a heart that has selfish motivations. So we need to check. So we could be doing various ministries, whether it is Eucharistic ministries, uh, we could be singing or in, in the choir, we could be, whatever ministries we are doing, we, are we doing it to impress somebody for our own benefit? But our heart is not aligned serving Jesus but what happens is in doing all of this it doesn't lead to it doesn't lead to peace because we are not doing the work of the Lord and it is half-hearted because and what we are giving to the Lord in that half-heartedness is useless because our heart itself is not in that right place We are trying to do good deeds to, to in a way, measure up. And that is is not the 100% that we are giving to Jesus. And it will never leave us satisfied. It will never give us the peace. It will never give us that joy. It will never give us all of those experiences of the kingdom of heaven. But rather, it will just leave us dissatisfied. Because we might think, oh, that was a real waste of time you know but we did it anyways so we need to check is that you know what we are, we are saying is mastering uh, who is the master of our lives is that also masked in a way that you know what is what we are showing people and what what is really within us are two different two different pictures
4: you know?
1: so when we look out, look at the scripture as well your kingdom come your will be done another will of god for us in our lives is is not to be worried and anxious so when we look at it even in in uh, the kingdom of god in heaven there is no worry there's no anxiousness you know so do we have worry and anxiousness in our lives and that comes out through the abundance of our heart because what our mouth speaks our thoughts are guided in that that direction and then our mouth speaks that, those words. But all of this comes when we do not trust the Lord. When we do not trust the Lord, that's when we have worry. That's when when we do not trust the Lord, that's when we have anxious, anxiousness that comes about. You no, know, when we when we do not have things that are aligning in our life. We might think, oh, but, you know, we serve the Lord and and still, why are we having all of this this worry? Why are we still having all of these struggles in our life? But the, the, the key root out there, key problem out there is because we do not trust the Lord. But God calls us once again, over and over again. He says, we are called to first seek Him. We are called to Him to reign in our hearts he calls us to give him that first place and everything else that will will surround it he calls us to make him the king of our hearts and let everything that aligns be according to that so what is it that we need to do to seek Jesus to be satisfied. It is making Jesus, that's what he calls us, to make him the king in our lives, in our hearts so that he can reign. And in fact, today, Sister Shanin had had sang a, a beautiful song during praise and worship on Jesus Christ reigning in our hearts. So that's what, that is the, when he reigns in our hearts, that means we are giving him all the control. And that control, we can give him that control. We can give him that control when we have that relationship with him. If we don't have a relationship with him, we, we will never give him that control. We will always seek control. We will always keep that control. We will never give it to him. The moment we start giving him that control, that's when we can say we have a relationship with him. And that relationship comes through the word of God, which will show us a mirror of our own selves. In ways, it will show us a mirror of our own selves in ways that we are not seeking God. And the Bible, you know, will start reading us and showing us scriptures that even talk about us. It may not have our names written in it, in the Bible, but the characters in the Bible may be a reflection of us. and that's how god speaks to us and that's how he has a relationship with us by speaking through his word his word that is living and active and alive that then speaks to us so once again we need to see what is it that's taking that first place what's what's taking that first place in our lives and what is the what is the master so even the even the 10 commandments that was given that the lord gave uh, moses says you shall have no other gods before me so is, is there anything that else that is taking first place in our life because the commandment says you shall not have any other gods what is it that's taking our time our efforts our money our resources in our day what is it that is that we are giving you know god the second place why is it so we need to understand what is it that's taking first place, second place, and all the other places. And is God the last place in our lives? And if that is the case, then we, we need to start kicking off, kicking away whatever idols that we have made. You know, the, the idols that we that we see in the Old Testament weren't the idols that were just in that time, even in our current generation, we have plenty of idols. So one example is work. Work is good, but It can also be, at the same time, it can also become a very common idol. It can also become a first place that we may put into our lives. Whether it could be a business, it could be a work that is consuming us totally. You know, it is consuming us so much that it's taking like all of our mental energy, our physical energy, it is sucking the life out of us. It's consuming us so much that we just do not have the time and the energy to put in anywhere else but sometimes we may even it is possible that sometimes we may even call our work and the businesses that we have we may even call it worship we may even think that oh it, it's better that at least we are at work and not you know doing something else but we may we may we may consider that work and we may actually treat it as worship which is which means we are making that work an idol in our life. So we need to see, you know, if there is anything that we are treasuring more than God, because that is where our heart is, and that is what becomes the 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 master. That's what becomes the idol in our lives, and so. God calls us to also submit all of our emotions, whatever is our anxiety, because that's not there in, in heaven, all this anxiety. So, but to do that, we need to make him the king of our emotions, so that he can rule and, he can rule and reign over it, rather than our emotions. What happens most of the times is our emotions rule over us. It's not the other way around. So is God the king of my emotions? Am I clinging to God's promise in the midst of those struggles and tough times which is giving rise to those emotions? Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. But it is our thoughts and those emotions that can have that dominion over our lives. That makes us react in in ways that we wouldn't otherwise react in certain tense situations. But it is the word of God that is far above all those, those thoughts, far above those emotions. When we confess that word of God over the situations that we are undergoing. And it is the word of God that has the power to dynamically at that time change the direction of that situation. And it is then when we experience that power of the word of God in our lives, it is then that it builds up that confidence. It is then that we build up that confidence that we we use it more and more and we overcome the struggles that we have in our lives. So that's, that's where we are able to get that confidence that we can use the word of God more and more and overcome all the struggles that we have. And what are all the struggles? We could be having broken relationships with our spouses. We may be separated. We may be having broken relationships in our with our children, with our siblings, with our friends. But God, as the, the king of our lives, he is the king of all these areas. He is the king of broken relationships with our spouse, with our children. He is the king in that area. That area, Lord, belongs to you. You are the king in that area. He is the king. He is the one who provides us food on the table. He is a king in that area. He pays for all our bills. He is a king in that area. He provides for our clothes that we wear. He is a king. He transforms our families. He brings us closer to him. He is a king in that area because he, he makes us experience his love. He gives us a job. He gives us a career. He gives us... He's a king in that area. In our ministries, he's a king in that area that he draws us Closer to him in a deeper and closer, deeper and closer relationship with him. So we need to see, like, do we step out in faith and confidence that we know that, you know, he is taking care of all our needs? Or are we worried? You know, how are we going to be provided? because if we are worried of how we are going to be provided then we will we will not experience that kingdom of god that he is talking to us your kingdom come you know if we believe in the father our, our father he is our father in heaven and he will provide through him he will provide for all our needs then why worry why stress why do why, why are we still anxious why are we still worry says why worry about tomorrow and like tomorrow has already some troubles of its own and, and does it give us by worrying does it give us the freedom does it does it give us give me freedom to to not be tied down does it give me peace or anything if there is no if there is no what what this brings about is the the emotions. It brings about just stress and worry and anxiousness. But none of these are there. There is no stress or worry or anxiousness in the kingdom of God. But where is the, so where is that freedom, the freedom found? God, he brought the Israelites in the desert. He brought them and he gave them freedom. That's what, that's the reason he got them out from Egypt. He brought them out to give them that freedom and to teach them how to worship Him. And that is found in trusting in His promises. But when we do not trust in His promises, what we face is uncertainty. When we face uncertainty and fear, then we, we, when we, through situations in our lives, then we will not be free and that's what happens happened to the Israelites they did not through that journey that God gave them the freedom and even taught them how to to worship him they did not trust God they did not trust in his promises and they were never free so when we look at the will of God your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven am I accomplishing that will am i pleasing god am i accepting and being persistent to be faithful to his will when jesus went through the pain and suffering and the emotions that he went through he did not he did not uh, give up on the will on his father's will when he was on the cross during during his passion But when he was there on the cross, he said, in Luke 22, 42, it is written, Father, if you are willing, if you are willing, then remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So can we say that when we are going through our challenges? Because that's what God is asking us in this scripture, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Are we aligning to what His will is on earth as it is in heaven? So are we placing our lives into the hands of our King Jesus, trusting in Him for all our needs, trusting that He is in control of every situation in our lives? And what is what is the outcome? The outcome of this is that God the Father He has the authority that he's given Jesus Christ, who is situated at his right hand of the Father. And as baptized Christians and and as children of God, we become the sons and daughters. We become the co-heirs or joint heirs with Christ. That's what Romans 8:16 says. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So, similarly, as we looked at the monarchy right at the start, We talked about monarchy and he says the monarchy passes on the kingdom and the authority therein to their children. So in that that very same way as Christ the King, in the same way as children and as sons of God, we too have that authority. That authority that is given to us in the name of the King, Jesus. As children and sons of God. We'll go to the next part, which is, give give us this day our daily bread. And as we look at that, Matthew 6, 11 talks about, it says, give us today our daily bread. So if we look at our daily bread, a question for us is, what if all of the issues all of the issues that you have, you can think of all your issues that you have currently, all your concerns, whatever problems that you have resolved in a single day. What if all your issues, your concerns, your problems were resolved in a single day? How would, what would you, what would you do? Is there anyone who would like to uh, mention? What would you do if all your issues all your concerns, all your problems were resolved in a single day. So when we look at whatever issues, if, if for example, we, if all our issues, all our concerns, all our problems were resolved in one single day, what would happen? What would thank you? Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, what would happen? uh, What would happen is we would never find the need for God. Never. Today, if whatever problem that you're in currently, if you did not have that problem in your life, you eliminate all the problems in your life. Every single problem, if God had taken away all your issues, all your concerns, all your limitations, all your problems. And you had nothing in your life to worry about. You will never find the need for God. It, it's a possibility. We will never find the need for God. But this is not what the Lord. He. This is not what He wants. He doesn't want us to, uh, you know, to to. He wants our relationship to be restored and not lost. But how is that relationship? be restored? If we did not find the need for God in our life, how is that going to be restored? How is it going to be restored if we no longer see the need for God in our life? No. And we see like uh, Jacob, he had a struggle and wrestled with God and he struggled and wrestled with God and he had a twisted he had twisted his thigh and God wanted to remind him at that instance as, as well remind Jacob of the need for God and Genesis 32, 22, 31 says he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with, with the man. God wanted to remind Jacob through that through that pain that he has a need for God. Through that pain. Hebrews 11, 21 says by faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff, so this this seems to indicate that maybe even during that time, that Jacob was still experiencing that pain all through his life, even even while he was dying, and that was a constant reminder for him that I have a God who is greater. I have a need for God in my life. I have a need for God, and that is really key because many a times we don't find the need of God for need for God in our life. There is no need. And God who you know he supplied he supplied all the needs for the children in uh, children of Israel in the in the wilderness. and he he did not because they did not get all the what they wanted, you know all the needs on on day one because if that would have happened, what would have happened is there would have been a lack of dependence and that's what their entire journey in the wilderness is a training ground. It is a training ground. It, it, it went on for 40 years, but still even after 40 years, even after 40 years, it was still a training ground. Even after they went into the promised land. Because over and over again, and over and over again, over and over again, there was that same one thing, which was the lack of dependence of God. Lack of dependence of God. Lack of continuously for 40 years, and, and, and plus into the promised land. And we see that, we see that in Genesis sixteen sixteen, which talks about the mana. And he says that, everyone is to gather as much as they need for each person and that's when god had had given manna but some of them they paid no attention to moses and they kept part of it until morning but when it when morning appeared it was full of maggots and began to smell so god had given them that daily bread for that day he didn't say take the bread on monday and keep it in your keep it uh, inside and, and and you can have it on tuesday so they didn't want to have that dependence of god They didn't want to. They didn't want to go back and say, okay, I'm going to get a bread for Tuesday. No, no. They said, I'll keep the bread. I do not want to have dependence on God for Tuesday. I will keep the bread and I'll eat the bread for Tuesday. But God said, no, that bread is only for that day. I've given you the daily bread, only the bread that's going to last for that day. Because why? Because I need you to come to me the next day. If you do not come to me the next day, it's not going to be good because I'm training you right now. I'm training you to come to me. And so what happened was." The, the bread smelled started to smell so what is our daily bread that you know that we need on uh, from God on a daily basis so we need we need God daily and we have and not only daily but multiple multiple times during the day for various things in our life so like to give an example if we do not if there is a plane that goes from let's say Australia to to Canada, and doesn't have a stopover, doesn't fuel, doesn't refill its tank. You know, what would happen? Or if a ship is going from Australia to New Zealand and has got various stopovers, there is a reason for those stopovers because the captain of the ship will do its various checks to see if there is enough of fuel to go to the next stopover. It doesn't go directly to their destinations, uh, you know, without, without making a stop at those stopovers. So that it can stop and check whatever is missing and refuel. So when we think of these stopovers in our lives, each of these stopovers, each of these, each day, when we do not stop over in our life, like like in in that example of the ship, it could be we are not stopping over because there is busyness in our life and we, we do not want to refuel. We do not want to refuel our spiritual lives. But when we do not refuel our spiritual lives, we are to think we are like that ship. We are going to a destination. We are going on an empty tank. And what happens to a ship that is running on an empty tank? That's That ship will stop. It has to stop somewhere. It will stop somewhere at sea. And what happens when there is a storm in the sea? There could be a storm. Will the ship be okay and will, will be fine? Or would that ship... Because it's not moving. There's no momentum for it. Would it drift with the stronger winds that is stronger than the ship? And if that happens, would that ship hit a rock? If there is a rock. Or as we've seen in the Titanic, we watched the movie, there's an iceberg. What if the ship hits the iceberg? In the movie, it's it the ship gets scraped and there, because of the low vision, uh, the ship gets damaged. And what happens... The ship in our lives, sometimes we can be running our lives like that, you know, having no stopovers of refueling ourselves. Because in that in that movie of the Titanic, the, the ship was trying to move at that high uh, high speed, not having visibility of what's ahead of it, because it was trying to show off. It was wanting to reach their uh to their destination much earlier. And they wanted to appear in the newspapers. So it was all about self-glory whoever the captain or the maker of that ship it was about you know being self independent about being self seeking so similarly in our lives how often do we search for self glory in our lives are we on track are we doing the will of god are we living the lives that god wants us or you know and are we being obedient are we fulfilling his purpose Because in our world, we are we are programmed differently. God says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will come. Do not worry about it. But our world doesn't tell us that. That's not how we are programmed. The world teaches us, you need to worry. Tomorrow, you need to worry. Start worrying today only about tomorrow. Start taking proactive steps about worrying about the future. You've not thought about that. Start worrying about it now. That's what our world is. That's how we are programmed. We have to worry about the future. That's how, that is, that is how we have been taught. But what we, if there is one thing that we should worry about is, what is the condition of our heart? What if today is our last day? Then where are we? If God calls us tonight, where are we? So that's why he tells us over and over again in Matthew six thirty four, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Think about today. What is it that you need today? We need today our daily bread. Why is that important? We need our daily bread because we cannot we cannot love God. We cannot love our neighbor. We cannot worship God. We cannot have the patience that we need to have patience, which is a lot. We cannot forgive. We cannot do any of these things without our daily bread. We need all these things. So when we look at our daily bread, if we look at our physical health that we need, that we that we need our daily bread, that's one area. That's one area of our daily bread that we need. Not, not monthly bread, not weekly bread, not fortnightly bread, our daily bread. In that physical health, we need daily bread. Many a times it is possible because of, the, of our busyness in our lives, we don't have the time to take care of our body as I was describing earlier. We ignore our body and we think our body is the last thing as long as, long as we take care of everything else, our body is, we don't need to pay attention to it. But God made our body. He made our body. He knitted us. And if we don't take care of our body, then we are not taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's possible we've got a fast lifestyle, you know, fast, busy, busy lifestyle, very busy. And we don't get enough sleep. Once again, we are depriving our body. We are damaging our body. It's a sin against our body. Because we are treating our body badly. Or we may not have the time to cook. And what we may do is we may eat all the possible outside food or unhealthy food or junk food. Because we don't have the time. We are, we are busy. Or we may have excessive excess alcohol. Which is or uh, high calories. Or we may have sweets and chocolates. Or we may be addicted to tobacco or e-cigarettes or vapes. And once again we could be destroying our body. Abusing our body. Which is a sin. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 to 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. So that's the daily bread. That's the first daily bread that we need. We need, we need a physical health. We need a physical health. Very often that we we, we do not give much attention to it. We also need a daily bread for our, our mental health. Back in the days, uh, there used to be, you know, the... Uh, stress and depression and and loss of jobs because of various the reasons such as you know people who are working their companies have shut down at times there could be people who have been promised a promotion they have that have never materialized then after that their companies have shut down after that their their dreams have been shattered their hopes are shattered whatever plans they had for their family you know it's it's sad to see all of that happen but that's the that is the mental health that's the daily bread of good mental health that we need. The mental health disorders that we see in our lives, and these these the destructions that could happen of a poor mental health could be many. At times we could it is possible to see boisterousness due to a weak mental health. Boisterous that means boisterous means getting energy out of nowhere, suddenly breaking things in the house, you know, abusing. Getting energy like like no one has ever seen before. That's called boisterousness, and that is sometimes the 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 depression is so high that you you find these, these spouts of boisterousness coming about. It's, it can be so high, and there could be such families that uh, maybe struggling. They might they might seek medical assistance because at that time there is only one thing that can work, and it's sad. But at that time. There's shock treatments that that they that people need to go through to actually calm them down because there's nothing that can actually calm people down who are experiencing that. No matter what, you cannot hold a person, you cannot talk to a person. There's only one thing is a shock treatment that can actually calm a person who's got so much of energy who can push four people at one time. And you wonder how did they get the strength to push four people. But that's what happens. At times, there are people who cannot fall asleep. They need medications to put them to sleep. They need sleeping tablets every single day. If they don't have a sleeping tablet, they will not get sleep. But these days, what is even more sad is that it is affecting our children in our generation. And that's happening through all the advancements that we see in technology, all the advancements in social media and the addictions to that. If we look at Australia alone, 13.6% children from the age of 4 to 11 years are experiencing mental health disorders. 13.6% of the children. And this continues later on in their age. So what are the children? Sometimes you might wonder, what are they depressed? What are they worried about? They don't have bills to pay. They don't have to take care of a family, but there are various situations in in their schools, colleges, uh, the withdrawals from friends, activities. They might experience significant tiredness and, and low energy and sleeping problems. Or even children these days uh, undergo suicidal tendencies. Even children could undergo self-harming tendencies. And that is to relieve the stress that they are going through. Or they may have panic attacks. Or they may have mood swings. And in those mood swings, suddenly they might just start crying. It's very sad to see that. They just start crying. And that is the mental health. That is the daily bread that we need in our lives. The third daily bread is financial health. There is, we see changing market conditions. We see how that is affecting us. We see the war. We see the pandemic. We see the demand and supply of materials and shortages. We see the, the, the cost of development of housing. We see the construction companies that are unable to sustain their business. We see contractors who are charging exorbitant rates resulting in unaffordability of construction companies keeping their doors open. We see the loss of jobs when these construction companies are closing down. Recently, we've seen natural disasters and floodwaters in in uh, Queensland. We, we recently had a tornado uh, hitting Southeast Queensland, hitting the Gold Coast and even hitting Brisbane. Some regions of Brisbane that it had hit. We've seen in the past, shopping malls that have been destroyed. Every, every that means every single shop in the mall is destroyed. That is, every shop in the mall is underwater which means the entire mall is closed, which means all the people in the mall have lost their jobs overnight. Overnight it's happened. Psalm 90, 17 says, May the favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. So we we also can sustain our financial and grow our financial health, also keeping in mind of our tidings, one-tenth of our earnings as our first fruits that we offer to the Lord. And that's what even Abraham did. In Genesis 14, 18 to 20, then Abraham gave one-tenth of everything to Melzi Direct, the king of Salam. So that's the other area where we need daily bread in our life, in that financial health of our life. Another area is our relationship health. A daily bread in our relationship. How good is our relationship with our spouse? How good is it with our friends? Is it in Is it in talking terms or are we in arguing terms? Sometimes we could we could be struggling to build successful relationships, even within our family, even within our, our relation, even within our spouses, with our children, with our siblings. There could be even rebellion against parents and children, parents against their uh, uh, children, against their parents and sometimes it may feel like no matter how hard we try it seems like the distance is still there the distance in that relationship and sometimes we may see it in our workplaces we may we may experience various rude and mean comments that have been passed to us relationships of within with our colleagues relationship with our managers with the people in our other teams so that's another area we need to have a relationship health uh, and we need daily bread to grow that relationship The other areas, a daily bread in our social help. We need good friends. Proverbs 12, 26 says, The righteous choose their friends carefully. Proverbs 27, 9 says, Pleasantness of a friend springs from their heart, springs from their heartfelt advice. So we need good friends. We need destiny helpers in our lives who will fill our lives with godly wisdom. Not take us astray, not friends, not wrong friends, wrong circles producing negative results. And every, every human is meant to have a family, a friend. We are not meant to be alone, alone in this world. But what we are meant to have is a good, good friends are important. Having similar interests and leading us to God. The other area, as we have seen over and over again, is the daily bread, the spiritual manner, the spiritual, for our spiritual health. And if we do not have that spiritual health, we are unable to sustain our life. Because we'll be battered from side to side. Because when God gave manna in the desert in the, in the desert, it was more, more than their physical sustenance for their bodies. Because it was God pointing out the need for him in their lives, the need for him. Many a times, as I was saying, we do not find that need. And that's what the children of Israel did not find the need. God tried to teach them to worship him, but they did not want to be taught. They did not want to be thought to be dependent on him. All that they wanted was that physical bread. Even they wanted to keep it overnight. But we see that physical bread, we see that is is being maintained and kept for years in the ark of the covenant in Hebrews nine four. We see that that ark contained the gold jar of manna. That gold jar of manna was kept there in that ark, and that ark of the covenant is what they took around in all of their battles. So this mana never got spoiled. Even though it kept moving from one place to the other after they built the ark for those years. And that was the spiritual manner, the presence of God in their lives. So it was the presence of God that was moving to them. And today also we have the presence of God more even much more through the Holy Eucharist that we see. And even we see the presence of God in the Blessed Sacrament. The real presence of God there and all the miracles that have taken place. So we see that that real presence of God in our lives because we need that presence because without our ability to face those battles that we need, that we need the presence of God each day to face those battles in our lives. And Matthew 4.4 4 as well says, Man shall not live alone by bread, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8.3 as well says, He humbled you. First, first He humbled you, causing you to hunger. And then feeding you with manna. So first he humbled. And then caused you to hunger. And then feeding us with manna. So it teaches us. In order to be fed. Spiritually we need to be, we need to be humble. And this was the struggle that. God had with the children of Israel. Because he, they did not want to be humble. He humbled them. After a while they became, became hard hearted. He humbled them back in and they became hard hearted. So initially they were hungry. But later they said no I am not hungry. Uh, if if we look in our lives as well, sometimes we may be hungry for God and other times we may say, no, we don't need God anymore because what we needed, we've already got it, so we, we are no more hungry. It can happen to us as well, just as it happened to the people of, or the children of Israel through that wilderness. But each day we need to see God to, to give us that strength, to push aside Every thought of stress, worry, anxiety, that is overwhelming us. And once again, we need to come back to giving him that first place. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Not the second place, not the third place in our lives, but the first place in our lives. We'll stop here for today. uh, And I will now conclude with a concluding prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, I thank you for sending me your Son, Jesus, who came into my world to bring me the kingdom of heaven on earth so that I too can experience and partake in kingdom of God in my life. Lord, fill me with the grace that I need to make the needed changes in my personal life to accept Jesus as the king of my heart and life. Lord, I surrender my life to you and give you all the control in my life. Lord, you reign in me and you guide me to to align to your kingdom principles. And when I go away from your kingdom principles, search me and bring me back to your heart. Lord, lead me to give you the first place, not second, not third, but the first place in my life. Lord, I ask of you to reign in my heart. Lord, just as a king gives his delegated authority to his children and sons, I thank you that you have blessed me with that spiritual authority to do your will. Lord, I ask you to fill me with your daily bread. Lord, I ask for your daily bread to strengthen my spiritual health, my physical health, my mental health, my social health, my financial health, and my relationship health. Lord, I ask of you to each day fill me with the bread of life to draw me into a closer and a deeper and a meaningful relationship with you. I make this prayer in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. And all people say Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's Bible teaching. If you have enjoyed today's teaching, please, I would encourage you to share it with your family, with your friends. I would also encourage you to invite all of your friends, family to come to our prayer meeting. Next Friday, we will continue with the next part of this teaching. I would encourage you to bring your family and friends to this teaching. Share them the links to also the YouTube video as well, to the links so that they come to know and learn through all of our teachings that we have on our YouTube page. Thank you everyone and God bless to you. Good night everyone.